Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us for a special broadcast today. We're starting a three-part series entitled Fatima, The Rest of the Story. On May 13th, 2017, it will be the 100th anniversary of the first of the apparitions at Fatima, Portugal, to three young shepherd children. Some people, I guess I would include myself among those people, some people believe that Fatima may turn out to be the defining prophetic event of the 20th century and the key for understanding the 21st century. Mother Angelica always wanted to speak her heart and speak truth and speak prophetically, said on a live television show on May 16th, the year 2001, the following, quote, as for the secret of Fatima, well, I happen to be one of those individuals who thinks we didn't get the whole thing. That's my opinion, because I think it's scary, unquote. Mother Angelica reminds me of the famous ABC radio commentator, Paul Harvey. Younger folks may not know who he was, but he had these interesting segments that ran from the 1950s all the way through the 1990s. And Paul Harvey would have his classic line, and now for the rest of the story. And that's what I'd like to do today, is talk about the rest of the story that Mother Angelica referred to. And you might think, well, why in the world would I think, like Mother Angelica, that there could be more to the story than what we heard at the official declaration in the year 2000? Well, here are two really big reasons why I think like Mother Angelica on this issue. And the two very big reasons come from Pope Benedict XVI. And if you've been listening to Faith and Family for a while, you probably realize that uh, I'm, I'm pretty strongly impacted personally and deeply by Pope Benedict XVI. And he was on a flight to guess where? Fatima, Portugal, May 2010. And on that flight, Father Lombardi, who was the director of the Holy See's press office, asked him a question. Now, I need to just stop here for a second. This was a setup, and I don't mean a bad setup. No, this was a godly setup. Let's just say that you were coming into my radio studio here, and I knew that God had given you a particular insight that we really needed to hear about, or if the Lord had put a burden on your heart that really needed to be shared with people, my job is to basically bring that out of you so that it could be shared with people, a necessary thing. So that's why I'm saying this was a godly setup. This was not an accident. This was not unprepared. Father Lombardi just didn't think of this while um, 
you know, the plane was uh, on the runway uh, waiting to take off. Now, this was something that was very deep within Pope Benedict's heart. But here's the question. Father Lombardi said, in June 2000, when you presented the text of the third secret, you were asked if the message could be extended beyond the attack on John Paul II to other sufferings on the part of the popes. Is it possible to your mind to include in that vision the sufferings of the church today? Now remember, this is 10 years later. For the sins involving the sexual abuse of minors. And here is a portion of Pope Benedict's reply, and I urge you to try to listen to this very carefully. I would say that here too, beyond this great vision of the suffering of the Pope, which we can in the first place refer to Pope John Paul II, this was what was disclosed in the public mass, it is an indication of realities involving the future of the church, which are gradually taking shape. So here Pope Benedict is saying, no, this isn't simply time locked into the assassination attempt at John Paul II, but there's certain realities in seeing that event that show the future of the church that are gradually taking place right before our eyes. So he says, it is true that in addition to the moment indicated in the vision, there is mention of the need for a passion of the church. Thus, it is sufferings of the church that are announced. Notice he says a passion of the church. We're going to be coming back to this, not only today, but uh, in our next broadcast and part two of Fatima, the rest of the story. But he goes on. As for the new things which we can find in this message today, again, Fatima is not simply about the past. He says there's new things. There's also the fact that attacks on the Pope and the church come not only from without, but the sufferings of the church come precisely from within the church. And I just add a PS, those are the worst attacks. It's not the frontal assault of your enemy, but it's being stabbed in the back, the faith being stabbed in the back by those in the church. From the sin existing within the church, this too is something that we have always known. There's been sin in the church since... Uh, the first century, just read the Pauline epistles. In fact, within the 12 apostles, uh, there was Judas. But he says, today, we are seeing it in a really terrifying way, that the greatest persecution of the church comes not from her enemies without, but arises from sin within the church, and that the church has a deep need to relearn penance, to accept purification, to learn forgiveness on the one hand and also the need for justice. That was a powerful statement. And so if anybody tells you that the revelation of the secret of Fatima was fully disclosed in the year 2000, you can tell them 
that Pope Benedict XVI has a rather sharp disagreement with their view of Fatima. There is the rest of the story, and he is just telling you what that was. Now, just a few days later, he's in Fatima, Portugal. It's now May 13th, the year 2010. There's a mass of 500,000 people, and in the homily, Benedict XVI said this, quote, we would be mistaken to think that Fatima's prophetic mission is complete. Okay, I'm going to read that again. We would be mistaken to think that Fatima's prophetic mission is complete. And again, I emphasize, if someone, some commentator, some author, some article writer, some broadcaster says that Fatima's for the past, its mission is complete, they're wrong. It's not complete. It's still ongoing. It has importance for our day. He goes on. This takes on new life in the plan of God, which asks humanity from the beginning, where is your brother Abel? Your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. This is from Genesis 4.9. And what is the outcome of sin upon the human race? Well, original sin occurs in Genesis 3. You turn the page to Genesis 4, and we find murder. One brother murdering another. And this is an indication of what's going on in Fatima's prophetic mission for today. Again, a half a million people are here. It's May 13th, 2010. Benedict XVI is referring to the murder of one brother of another, and then he goes on. Mankind has succeeded in unleashing a cycle of death and terror, but failed in bringing it to an end. In case you're wondering what he's talking about, it's nuclear war, chemical war, biological war that has reached proportions that are simply unimaginable. And he goes on, in sacred scripture, we often find that God seeks righteous men and women in order to save the city of man, and he does the same here in Fatima. He goes on and says, at a time when the human family was ready to sacrifice all that was most sacred on the altar of petty and selfish interest of nations, races, ideologies, groups, and individuals, our Blessed Mother came from heaven, offering to implant in the hearts of all who trust in her the love of God burning in her own heart. At that time, it was only to three children. Yet the example of their lives spread and multiplied, especially as a result of the travels of the Pilgrim Virgin. You see, Benedict XVI is realizing that the attack on Pope John Paul II is also, what shall I say, kind of a living picture, a prophetic picture of the attack on the papacy and of the church in our day. And not only assaults from without from the new crop of atheists and such like that, but also within. The attack within, 
Fatima was warning us about. And then that was on the plane. And then he gets to Fatima. And on May 13th, 2010, he says, this prophetic mission isn't complete. We're talking about mankind's ability to literally kill, not just one or two, but entire populations. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Fatima's mission of peace is not over, and it's not just some little nice thing for a little group here or there. This is a mission for the world that God deemed so important that he sent the Blessed Mother with a message. And part of that message, at the heart of that message, is penance, purification, forgiveness. Now, let's get to the rest of the story, so to speak. At Fatima, on May 13th, 2000, uh, are you getting a little repetition here of the Pope showing up on May 13th? Okay, this is the year 2000 now. This is 10 years before Benedict XVI at this large mass I spoke of. At this mass in the year 2000, May 13th, John Paul II was officiating at the mass, gave his homily, and at the conclusion of the mass, Cardinal Sodano gave the explanation and revelation of the third secret of Fatima. Now, I told you right up front, I'm not trying to hide anything. Uh, the title of this series is Fatima, the rest of the story. And just like Mother Angelica, I don't think we got the whole thing. I don't think we got the whole thing from Cardinal Sedano. Now, does that mean that there's some conspiracy going on here that we have to dig in some hidden cave for the answer? No, the secret is as plain as day. It's like, you know, it's a big 16-wheeler rolling down the highway. The secret was fully revealed in what was said by the good cardinal, but also from John Paul II's homily on Revelation 12. It was not by accident that John Paul II began his homily with the direct reference to the great sign in heaven, referencing Revelation 12. And it's interesting, on May 13th, this date seems to be coming up quite a bit, May 13th, 1967, on the 50th anniversary of Fatima, guess what text Pope Paul VI referred to as he began his homily? You guessed right. Revelation 12. And if you would simply put together the uh, official explanation of the attack on John Paul II and such like that, but remember, this was all part of a single Mass. Uh, for those who have ears to hear, the reference to Revelation 12 explains what Pope Benedict was talking about, that we can see through the attack on John Paul II, this wider attack on the church and the threat to the world. And so this is what I believe, and I think it's uh, the rest of the story that Mother Angelica referred to. It's the third secret was revealed on May 13th, the year 2000. Cardinal Sudano 
at the conclusion of the Mass, gave his explanation of it. But remember, his explanation was preceded by John Paul II's homily referencing Revelation 12. So if you want the rest of the story, the full story, the two dimensions of the story, take both things which were put forward at that Mass revealing the third secret, and you've got the story. It's really not that complicated as maybe some would make it. So, if you take the secret as revealed by Cardinal Sodano, plus the intentional reference to Revelation 12, you've got the full story of Fatima. Now, that leads us to the question, well, what in the world is Revelation 12 talking about? What's so important that on the 50th anniversary of Fatima, Pope Paul VI refers to it. What's so important about Revelation 12 on the, on the 100th anniversary? I will not doubt that Pope Francis will refer to it. I may be wrong there, but we know that when the secret was revealed uh, at the Mass on May 13, 2000, it was Revelation 12. What's talking? What's God trying to tell us in Revelation 12? What's it telling the church? What's it telling us about the times we're living in? Well, in Revelation 12, we find three principal persons. First, there's a woman with a child, okay? A great sign, woman with a child. Now, there are multiple references here. Um, it can... It can be the whole people of God in both testaments, but ultimately the icon of the people of God is Mary. And what Revelation 12 is showing is that we're, we're reaching the final chapter in an ages-long war, a war which began all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. And Genesis chapter 3 is the, contains the first prophecy in all of Scripture. It says in that verse, Genesis 3 and verse 15, I will put enmity between you, Satan, and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head. The seed of the woman will bruise your head, Satan, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, this is the cosmic conflict. This is the conflict that's been going on ever since Genesis chapter 3. And what Revelation 12 is, is the culmination of that conflict. There is a wonderful booklet that Tan publishes by Cardinal Newman. It's entitled uh, Mary, I believe it's Mary the Second Eve or Mary the New Eve. And basically, you find this great sign of a woman with child just before a great battle is announced in Revelation 12. And what is happening is that we, in Revelation 12, have entered into the final phase, and we're not predicting dates here and and saying how long this phase will go on. But what I am saying this day, and it's not because of uh, I cooked this up, 
I think we have every indication from both John Paul II and Benedict XVI that we are in this final phase. So that means we need to wake up. We need to get sober. We need to pay attention. Uh, God just doesn't send the Blessed Mother to try to wake up the inhabitants of this planet that have gotten lost in war and materialism and atheism and communism and who knows whatever else. It is time to totally wake up. So what's going on in Genesis 3.15 is that it says that the seed of the woman, who ultimately is Jesus, will bruise the head of the serpent. Now, if you're a serpent, uh, you don't want to get hit in the head because your power is in your venom and is in your fangs. And anybody knows you want to kill a snake, you don't start by the tail. You go for the head and cut it off. It's not by accident that in John chapter 19, they took Jesus out and crucified him at a place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull, the very place where Satan was trying to bruise the seed of the woman, and he did bruise his heel. But, you know, you can have a car run over your foot. It's not fatal, generally, but if a car runs over your head, it is fatal. In other words, there's a dual bruising going on. And as Satan was trying to bruise the seed of the woman, he was trying to defeat God's plan that very act resulted in his head being crushed. The power of Satan was definitively crushed at the cross. And that's what the beginning of Revelation chapter 12 is talking about. Now, history didn't end 2,000 years ago, though, did it? It's still going on. And basically, it says that Satan uh, was kicked out of heaven and he knows his time is short, and so he really gets worked up, and he starts his assault, and he begins his assault on the offspring of the woman. And just so you know, St. John, who wrote the Gospel of John, also wrote the Apocalypse, the book of Revelation. And in his Gospel, St. John wrote about himself— he said he was the beloved disciple. And on the cross, Jesus said to St. John, Behold your mother. He was giving his best gift. He also wanted Mary taken care of. So, you know, woman, behold your son. But the reason St. John says it was. He doesn't say it was me or uh, Jesus said it to John because, guess what? We are all beloved disciples. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him becomes a beloved disciple. That's, that's how this works. And if you're a beloved disciple with faith in Christ, that means you have a mother. Um, the mother of Jesus is our mother, and she is a part just as she was at the foot of the cross. When the skull of the serpent was being crushed okay, at the crucifixion of Jesus, Mary was right there because it was prophesied 
that she would be a part of that. And then in Revelation 12, the dragon knows his time is short. And when I say short, you know, there's guys on TV and, quote, prophecy experts, unquote, and they're not experts. But they come on and, you know, they set dates for when everything. When it says the time is short, it's simply short in a time period relative to the time before. So this cosmic war has been going on for centuries. The cosmic war ever since the definitive defeat of Satan with Jesus on the cross has been going on for almost 2,000 years. So in relative to that, the time is short. How short? Well, (laughs) you know, I just don't know. But I do know that it's time to wake up to certain realities. Because it's gone on so long, many people give the impression, and I'm talking about even teachers of Scripture and such, that, well, this will just go on like it has forever. Uh Uh-uh. That's what Fatima is trying to tell us. Simply wake up. There's a prophetic message here, and that the church is under attack. The the papal office is under attack, and the world is threatened. Mankind is threatened by itself, not some alien invasion. We've got something wrong inside, and unless God touches people, we are liable simply to extinguish ourselves. That's how serious the book of Revelation is talking about. So I'd like to come back to what Benedict XVI said on May 13, 2010, just seven years ago. We would be mistaken to think that Fatima's prophetic mission is complete. Mankind has succeeded in unleashing a cycle of death and terror, but failed to bring it to an end. Folks, that's the threat of a third world war using weapons beyond our comprehension. In sacred scripture, we often find that God seeks righteous men and women in order to save the city of man, and he does the same here in Fatima. And I'd urge you not to just take this radio broadcast as just something nice to listen to today, but something has happened through the course of the 20th century and now in the early 21st century that really demands our attention. We're gonna explore more next time in our second broadcast on Fatima, the rest of the story, of what exactly this means for our day, and then we're gonna look at how we can practically apply these truths to ourselves and to our family life. Till next time, this is Steve Wood with the Fatima special episode of Faith and Family. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.